Let's pray before we get started here. Lord Jesus, as we enter into this time of hearing your word, Father, and, and, and applying it to our lives, God, I just pray that you'd be with us. Father, that we would hear what you have to say to us today, that our hearts would be softened, not hardened. God, that would be open to, to what you have. God, I just pray that you'd use me, Father, that what I, what I speak today, Father, that would be what you want the people to hear. So God, I just pray that you'd bless this time in your word. Amen. All right. So, be the center. Jesus, be the center. I, I, that, that song was, uh, that song was good this morning. Um, I mean, it's always good. But it just kind of adjusted things a little bit for me this morning. So my notes might not be very useful to me. I'll try to, to use them, but it's not going to be, this could be a little choppy this morning. But last week, last week Doug took us up the mountain. And Jesus was up there with some of his disciples, and the disciples wanted to stay there. They wanted to camp out up at the top where the glory of God was just so present. This week, in true Pastor Brian style, I get to take you down the mountain, and we get to, we get to take a little of a, bit of a downward turn here. Um, but it's actually a really good topic for us to look at in terms of discipleship. Um, there's a lot of good stuff in this passage this morning, so let's dive in. So the first half contains uh, a really good reminder for us. In that first half of the scripture uh, that, that Jurgen read for us this morning, we see that they're walking down the mountain, um, and the disciples are confused. They're, they're wondering what's going on because Jesus just said, don't, don't tell anybody about this until the return of the Son of Man, right? But when, they, when they're recalling scriptures that they were taught, a lot of it out of uh, Malachi um, and some of, some of those, it talks about Elijah coming back before. And so they're like, well, Elijah was up there. He hasn't come back. He's up there at the mountaintop. So what, what is this that you're saying? And then he explains it to them. He explains that John, uh, he didn't actually say John the Baptist, sorry. He explains that Elijah did come, that there was already that coming of Elijah, but people didn't recognize him, and essentially they did whatever they wanted to him. So they ended up killing John the Baptist, right? Jesus is affirming that their, their thoughts are correct on this, that yes, Elijah does proceed the coming of the Son of Man. But there's a little bit of a misinterpretation to that. They're expecting physically Elijah to come walking down the mountain with them or something there. They're expecting to see Elijah up and walking around. But he explains 
that they're not quite right in their thinking about this. But what's that got to do with anything? Again, I, I said that this, this has to do with discipleship. And really, as a disciple of Jesus, it's important that we look to the right place for an understanding of Scripture. And that place isn't in our own understanding. That isn't us looking at the Bible and pulling out what we want it to mean for us today. Because we can very easily do that. But we need Jesus at the center of it. Jesus needs to be the center of everything that we do. And that includes our understanding of Scripture. And that's, that's what Jesus is doing here. He's explaining to them, no, 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 no. You're right, but you're also wrong. There's more to it than that. Once he explains that, they see, oh, John. John the Baptist, he's the one who came before to start setting the world right. We're flawed people, and we can't rely on our own understanding when it comes to Scripture. That's how we get a lot of crazy cults and different things like that. And we don't want to be a, a cult. Being a disciple requires us to lean on Jesus, to have Jesus at the center. And it seems to be a bit of a, a theme as we look at discipleship, where we constantly need to focus on Jesus if we're going to be a disciple of Jesus. So a couple weeks ago, I talked about the yoke, where we need to drop what we're doing, what we feel is the most important, and step into the yoke that Jesus has. There's a lot of that focusing on Jesus, and that's what discipleship is, is re realigning and watching what the teacher does. So when we don't understand something, who should we be turning to? God. Jesus. Right? Thank you. Uh, so that's, that's an important to see. They're coming down the mountain. They're confused. Jesus explains it for them. But things grow a little darker as we continue on down the mountain. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to reread this here. And when they came to the crowd, a man came up to him and kneeling before him said, Lord, have mercy on my son. Lord, have mercy on my son. The man came to him. For he has seizures, and he suffers terribly. For often he falls into the fire, and often into the water. And I brought him to your disciples, and they could not heal him. And Jesus answered, this is where it gets real fun. O faithless and twisted generation, how long am I to be with you? How long am I to bear with you? Bring him here to me. And Jesus rebuked the demon, and it came out of him. And the boy was healed instantly. Then the disciples came to Jesus privately and said, Why could we not cast it out? 
He said to them, because of your little faith, for truly I say to you, if you have faith like a grain of mustard seed, you will say to this mountain, move from here to there, and it will move, and nothing will be impossible for you. So I could really lean into this about prayer, uh, about asking God for things, and about faith. But that's not the direction that we're going to look at. Not that I don't want to encourage you. You'll be encouraged by the end of this. There were nine disciples that stayed behind. So three went up the mountain with Jesus, nine stayed behind. And while they were gone, this man brought his son to be healed because he had seizures. He was demon-possessed. And he brought them to the disciples because before the disciples had been had been doing had been doing the, the they'd been they'd been healing people right they had already been doing this this was nothing new to them it was something that they already had experience with but Jesus had been with them so then the father came to Jesus not the disciples. The Father came to Jesus. And he said, have mercy. On behalf of his son, he said, have mercy. But the disciples, they were hanging back. They were embarrassed. They thought they were going to get in trouble. And then they do a little bit. Jesus has some pretty harsh words in there. But the Father comes before Jesus and asks for mercy. And then Jesus rebukes the disciples. Oh, faithless and twisted generation, how long am I to be with you? How long am I to bear with you? Ouch. Like, right from the teacher, right from Jesus, the, the, the guy that they are beginning to understand is the son of man the, that he is God and this is what he has to say to them it's a rebuke but what is it a rebuke of exactly there's no indication that they were specifically doing something wrong that the format was wrong the formula they had the formula wrong and things were not, they just weren't doing things the right way. Jesus says, bring him to me. Bring him here to me. And that indicates that what was missing in here was Jesus. Jesus at the center of what they were doing. Because often... When we start doing things, when we get a ministry going, um, that's probably the best example, when we get a ministry going and we start to do our ministry duties and things are going really well, you know, our ministry is growing, we're seeing great fruit out of it. How often does that pride start to set in? And we start to rely less and less on Jesus. 
even in our day-to-day lives, when we get things rolling really well, when it's finally, hey, excuse me. When we finally get our act together and we get things figured out, things are sailing along good and we're like, great. I don't need to pray as much. I don't need to spend as much time in the word. It's only when we're at our lowest and the most desperate times of our lives that we really start to rely on God, that we start to put Jesus at the center, often. It's a blanket statement. I know blanket statements aren't perfect, but often that's, that's the way it works. So when we really get things rolling, we sometimes forget about Jesus in the midst of that. We can say, oh, yes, in Jesus' name. But I mean, look at Moses. What's the reason that he didn't end up getting into the promised land? He got frustrated with Israel. He ended up hitting that rock and saying, why must we suffer your complaining? He forgot that it was God that was taking care of everything. Even the mightiest leaders can fall to this. And so it's an important reminder that as disciples, we need Jesus at the center. We need Jesus to be the center of everything we do, our day-to-day lives. Not just when we're desperate and in need. Everything that we do. So then afterwards, the disciples do ask about it and ask why we couldn't cast it out. And he talks about their faith. And he says that they have little faith. They have that mustard seed faith. They should be able to move mountains. But there was something missing in there. And so it's also really important to tie all this in, too, with discipleship. Being disciples of Jesus, we can have those mountaintop experiences where we want to camp out up there and sit and bask in the glory of God forever. But there are times that we have to come down the mountain. We can't just stay there. If we go up there and we're sitting in the glory of God, how is that going to spread the glory of God anywhere else in the world? As a disciple of Jesus, we need to follow him down the mountain. We're not called to stay up on the mountaintop. There is a down the mountain part of our lives, and it's not always going to be wonderful. We're going to come down the mountain and be confused about why things aren't quite the way we expect them to be. We're going to come down the mountain into chaos and, and the world not responding to God the way that we expect them to. But those mountaintop experiences are important because we get to capture that glory a little bit. We get to recharge in that glory. And as we go down the mountain, we bring that with us. And what I think about talking about that right now is these retreats, taking the youth out. We had a mountaintop experience, and it was... It was It was a mountaintop. 
And this weekend, coming up, we're going for another mountaintop experience with some young adults. But what we want is to capture some of that glory that we experience, capture that fire and bring it back down the mountain. Because, you know what, we, we often think, oh, if I follow God, it's just going to be sunshines and rainbows and puppy dogs, and it's going to be fantastic. But Psalm 23 even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. God guides us down through the valley. He's there with us. He doesn't come in and swoop in and rescue us out of it. He's there all along. Because there are times that we need to walk through the valley. And he'll guide us through that. Because the world's far from perfect. There's a lot of darkness in our world. If you haven't noticed, just turn on your TV and you'll probably see it. But that's part of what being a disciple is about, is following him into the darkness. We can't always stay on the mountaintop. Sometimes we need to come down and go through those valleys. And oftentimes those valleys are what tempers us. Tempers the steel. It makes it stronger. And after we're through that valley, we get to go up a mountain again. We, need to, we, we get to get that light again, and we get to recharge. And we'll probably go through another valley. But we need to have Jesus at the center of all of that. In order for us to live out his calling, we need him at the center guiding it. That's what being a disciple is, is putting Jesus at the center of everything that we do. Everything that he's taught us, we need to take that and capture it and move forward. So I'd encourage you this week to do that. Remember, Jesus needs to be at the center of all of it. And we can forget that. But we need to lay down our own pride, our own desires the things that we want to do in life, just because things are going well, doesn't mean that we forget about Jesus in it. Hmm. So that's my encouragement to you this week. Keep Jesus at the center. As we continue to live as disciples, let him lead you, let him guide you so that we can make it through those tough questions about doctrine and scripture so that when we come to a point where we're praying for somebody, Jesus is intervening and it's not all on us. We don't do things under our own power, right? So let's pray. Father God, 
Jesus. We want you to be the center. We want you to be at the, the forefront, the middle of everything that we do, and we want to look to you for guidance, for prayer. In our times studying the word, learning more about you, Father, we want you to be right there with us. Not doing it all under our own power, our own understanding, because that is faulty. Almost every time we will get it wrong if we're doing it without you. So God, be with us. And Father, as we go from this place this morning, I just pray that your love would go with us. Father, that this little mountaintop that we've been on today, God, that your glory would follow us down to wherever you would lead us. And for some of us, that's going to be to a valley this week. But God, you're with us. You're at the center of that walk. God, I pray that, our that your glory would go with us from this place. In your name, amen. Amen. So yes, may the glory of God follow you from our mountaintop into the valleys that you walk through this week. Have a good week, friends.